You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, like button, subscribe button, you know the deal. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always appreciate you coming back, especially in a season where this team is one and four and not playing anywhere near you had hoped or where they had expected or were. To be honest, I had expected them to be as well. I'm going to get to all this in a minute with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. We're going to rehash this game from a big picture perspective. It's not just about the nitty gritty of this game, but what does it mean for the future? Where is the hope? Are They're completely out of excuses at this point because other teams are doing well who have similar types of reasons why they could be doing the opposite and they're not. So that's where we're at right now. A couple programming notes. Don't forget, um, there's a short week this week. And so we're, we're going to ditch Therapy Tuesday, unfortunately. But I will be talking to former Washington safety Matt Bowen on Tuesday. That will be up Tuesday, uh, probably late Tuesday morning, early afternoon. And so you'll have that. I'll get keys and predictions this week as well. Apologize, guy. I have a feeling therapy, therapy is definitely needed. But we'll get back to that um, soon. Or maybe we won't because if they actually finally win, we don't have to have a Therapy Tuesday. We'll do a Victory Tuesday. How about that? That would be unique. Um, anyway, so that's some programming notes. Um, again, you can read my work on ESPN.com. You should know that by now. I have a couple of stories up this week, including uh, one just have they buried too big of a hole? I think you kind of know the answer. The NFC East is a different division than the one they won two years ago where they did dig themselves a hole but could climb out of it because the rest of the division was bad. Not the case anymore, folks. But again, you already know that. So anyway, enough about that. A disastrous loss. They got down to the two-yard line, had a chance to win, couldn't do it. Now they're one and four. So let's get to my conversation with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. Bram, I'm out of words. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. And it's it's funny because in the locker, you go in there, you hear Ron Rivera talk about, well, there's still plenty of time left, blah, blah, blah. As I don't even, I don't maybe it was Yogi Bear who said it. It's getting later, earlier now. They're one in four in a division that is now really good. They have dug themselves a massive hole. Have where, where does it go from here, Bram? What, what are your thoughts? I don't even know where to go right now. I think like in the in the pregame when I was talking with Julie on the pregame show, like she was like, "Is this a must win?" And I said, "To win the division, it is." Like you know, this isn't twenty twenty. Like where it was early, it was right. obvious. Like Philadelphia was going the wrong way. Dallas was getting all these injuries and spiraling, and the. Giants weren't going to be very good. And so there was this opportunity to kind of, you know, and they ended up taking advantage of it by just winning seven games. That clearly is not going to cut it this year. Um, I don't think it's a killer, you know, I don't think it's like a death sentence for a playoff spot for them because it is an out-of-conference loss. Uh, that said, I mean, one and four is not a recipe to get anywhere. So, you know, they're playing for a wild card at best if they can turn it around 
And that starts with a lot of fixes that have everything to do with the way they're playing. It's their mistakes. You know, like it, it's, it's not the other team. It's their mistakes that are getting in their own way right now. It, it is, but they keep making them. And they're one and four. And like, you know, you watch the Giants go four and one with the new coach. You see what the Eagles are doing year two with the new coach. Are you confident that we can say that? We can say that it's their mistakes and all that. But is maybe this just who they are? You know, like it, it was interesting, you know, during the week I had Mike Keith on from, you know, the Titans radio. And he said, Last year, the Titans played 91 guys last year, most in the NFL. Right. And um, they were the one seed <laughs> playing 91 guys. They've played 19 defensive starters this year alone coming into the game. 19 defensive starters. And you're seeing it. Like, they are so vulnerable on the back end. Like, you're literally seeing it. Like, that's not their starting lineup. Bud Dupree didn't play. Harold Landry didn't play. Uh, the linebacker, Zach, I uh, can't remember his name now, Probably did him. not play. Yeah, there's injuries, but they won, you know, so, you know, that's the hard part when I hear anything here about injuries and excuses, like it's hard to hear it because like last week they lost to a team who had Cooper Rush and a messed up offensive line. You don't hear them making any excuses. And this week they played a team that's had 19 different defensive starters already and held them to 17 points on the road. So this is about them figuring out how to be better. I think everybody, I mean, we, we talked a lot this week. I saw the Tom Brady quote and people are starting to ask everybody, like, is there just bad football being played? And, and I would agree to a large extent there is a lot of just kind of average football. Well, somebody's got to win and some teams are doing it and this team isn't. And they have weaknesses like everybody else. They seem to get exposed a little bit more, in my opinion, than, than some of the others. And they're going to have to – I don't know what they can do about the offensive line, frankly, right now, just based on injuries and attrition. I think they're in a spot. Um, I think if Wes Schweitzer can come back in a couple of weeks, maybe he fills a guard role for them. But right now they just got to try to figure something out because they're beyond leaky there. And then, you know, on the back end at corner, I mean, this was a <laughs> – William Jackson ending up benched, hurt, combination of both, whatever the reality is. That was coming over the last couple of weeks, too. And I think they're trying to do whatever they can. But even in that case, they're really thin there. Like, we were talking about this earlier in the week. Like, you're replacing him with who? It's somebody who's going to be very inexperienced playing. Yeah, and Jackson said after the game that he had a back injury. I know he's been on the injury report at times with the back issue. And he said he has a bulging disc in his back. That makes it really hard to play. If that's the case, then, he, then at this point, I would take him out. Um, I know going into this game, because I know he came out well, he came out the series after he missed that tackle, but I also know going into this game that they liked the corner's ability to play physical on the edges. So I don't think it was because he because he missed the tackle. But having said that, they know he hasn't been playing well. So, yeah. but again, the problem is what are your options there? An offensive line, that's where the massive disappointment is because it wasn't addressed well enough in the offseason. And it's funny because you know, you get a, the Eric Flowers question a lot, a lot, right? Why, why they, Eric Flowers has kind of turned into an all pro over the last month or so based on, you know, what we hear. I mean, he's not like, if they had Eric Flowers right now, they'd probably be one in four, but uh, maybe I mean, well, I I said, let me take that back because maybe he would have made a difference on some blocks today. So I'll give you that. Like today, I think maybe he makes a difference. And some of those, because Andrew Norwell played really bad. Last week, Norwell wasn't the issue. So I do think, like, I do think with Flowers that 
if Sadiq Charles, if, if Norwell has another game like that and Charles doesn't improve, you have to do something. And I do think he'd be on the table because he's out there and he knows their system. Nobody else has picked him up. Yeah. You know, so we were that, but even then, it. like the problem is it's still not like it's not the long term solution that they need. It's still going to be a patchwork line. That's the problem. I mean, you know, but I mean, even with Eric Flowers, like he hasn't been on a roster, you know, so you don't know what kind of condition he's in. I, like, if you sit there and go like, oh, just go sign this guy. He might not even be in football shape. I mean, I'm not saying he's not, but we don't like, know. I don't know that. Like, I don't know that. And like, I don't want to hear any more revisionists on Sheriff. He, they tried to pay him. He wouldn't take their money. They franchised him twice. It's not like they didn't value him. They wanted to keep him. He wanted to leave. So he left. The Flowers thing is still unexplained, but I think it's about money. Um, that said, you know, you have to replace these people. And I do think, and this was, you know, a big apprehension I had early in the offseason, that they went with a couple of options of guys that they're pros for sure, and they have previous relationships with them. But there's a lot of tread on the tires. And I was very concerned when they went and did what they did. And then I look at someone like Sadiq Charles and I go, this is, he's young. This is his third year in your system. You drafted him. You have two open guard spots. How does he not win one of those jobs? Like, how is he not getting that? So um, this is this is a off-season thing that's manifested in the regular season that, honestly, I'm not overly surprised by. Um, I'd hope for a better outcome, but I'm not surprised what's happening. Both of those players, Norwell and Trey Turner, got hurt in the preseason. So it wasn't like they didn't know that it was going to be problematic to think they'd get through the whole season with them as starters. Maybe they overrated them a little bit based on previous relationship in where they are in their career now. Because Norwell at one point was one of the best guards in the NFL. And he's shown flashes of being very good. But today was not a good day for him. And the idea that they're going to get a consistent 17 games out of this line, I think was, you know... (laughs) optimistic beyond being optimistic about it and even in the preseason like I talked to coach Rivera about are you prepared to rotate people and he was like "Uh uh-huh and I remember talking to you going that typically doesn't work very well on a week-to-week basis when you're rotating out your offensive line but here we are and then a couple of untimely injuries and all of a sudden it seems to cascade the wrong way and I don't know how they fix that honestly other than more protection in the backfield. Like, I don't know they have much of a choice other than that. Yeah, because I don't – like, they don't execute some of the things, um, like, to buy time for Wentz. They're not very good at buying time for Wentz, whether it's because of scheme, whether it's because of losing – like, Norwell just got dusted on a couple couple rushes today. I mean, you can't – it's kind of hard to scheme up a situation where, like, you know, you're not asking a guy to lose a one-on-one within two seconds, Right. So, but are there other things they can do to help Wentz get more time, buy more time into a play action pass? They're, I don't like their play action game at all. I don't think it's very well designed. Um, you know, that's a problem. So can you do things to minimize? Like I've seen offensive lines here that talent-wise weren't all that great, but the scheme, Kyle Shanahan, would buy would help buy time through play design, Right. So that that's where you, you you say, well, can the coaches do a better job with that? Where do you think we're at with the staff? Because, you know, you obviously, you and I are both going to hear from fans about their displeasure with the staff. Where are we at with this? And do you think that this could become a problem in the locker room? Are we at that point? 
Uh, I don't, I don't get the sense of that. I mean, when I hear from the leadership players, I don't hear any kind of finger pointing or even hinting at that. Obviously the record's not very good. It is year three, you know, being that the, I think the ownership is, well, they're not, they're not overly talkative right now. So we kind of don't know how they feel about any of this stuff. And when they are asked to address issues, it really isn't on the field stuff. Um, it's all been off the field stuff. So I, I don't know what the pulse is there, you know, previously, like, you know, you would at least hear about, you know, the way the wind is blowing with Dan Snyder. And, and I don't even hear any of that. So it's really hard for me to know. But I mean, like, you know, if this cascades really the wrong way, I don't know where we'll be. I still think I still feel like it's very early to start projecting out like job security. And I, I, I'm just not there yet. I So and I don't hear any I don't hear any whispers or hints or anything of yeah, that, and I'm of that nature. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, my thing is more so for this season. Right. Because obviously nothing's going to happen now. So the, the the question is going forward, is there a fear of losing faith in what they're being given to do? Uh, I mean, maybe, but I mean, like, is it Ron Rivera's fault that, that you know, there were three un- crazy low snaps? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know, like, and like some of these penalties, like, that's not the coach's fault. So I still feel like it's an everybody thing. I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to absolve them for sure. Like we just talked about, personnel decisions that are blowing up in their face right now, like really badly. So there is accountability there. Um, to your point about their play action game, it wasn't fooling anybody for weeks, right? And this was the day where you could take advantage of a team where play action was huge, necessary, get behind over-aggressive linebackers, take advantage of a secondary that really can't cover deep plays. Like and they, yeah, and yeah. they did. And yep. they did at times here. Um, but they got in their own way again. And when you have 20 penalties in two weeks combined and a bunch of botched plays on snaps, there was one particular play um, where the receivers could not get lined up correctly and they should have called a timeout, but they didn't. And then it's a botched snap that got picked up by Curtis Samuel. Like it was, you know, there's a sign here that like they're not put together very well right now. They're not coordinated particularly well right now. And then in critical moments, second straight week in the first half, where I question time management decisions with timeouts. Um, they're using them, then they're not using them, then they're running the clock, then they're uh, – it's like, do you trust the offense to try to make a play? Why not give them time? I didn't oh, totally understand the logic in either week. And then today, like, I get it on the Curtis Samuel one where I thought he went out of bounds, but they said he was still in bounds. They kept running the clock. I agreed they needed to use a timeout at that mm-hmm. moment because – it was kind of chaotic, and there's not a lot of time left. You got to score a touchdown, not a field goal. So I hear them on that. Why they use the second one on the next play, I don't totally understand that one. It left them in a situation where they're on the two yard line and can't run the ball. Right. So that this is an everybody thing. Like it, it's a totally an everybody thing. And I'll hear Rivera when he says, "Look, we were down there and had four chances. Well, three, but could have been four chances. We need to execute." I agree. You also couldn't run the ball, you know, like because you'd you'd have a fire drill if someone got stopped. So it's it's still an everybody thing. And I do feel like today, you know, at least it was a very competitive game. Thought their offense showcased the ability to take advantage of another team's deficiencies for once, but way too many mistakes got in their own way, and it's why they lost. And I yeah, I also think losing Jahan Dotson in this one for this one hurt them in that last area. And somebody asked me on on Twitter about, well, can't someone else run that same route? Well, yeah, but you don't run it as well as Jahan Dotson. 
there's a reason why he was a first-round pick and why they're so high on him. And you watch him in the red zone, he knows how to get open. Not everybody does. So just it's not about running the same route. It's about you go back and watch the Dallas game, the way he sets up the defensive back, the way he presses the defensive back, the leverage he that he gains by how he attacks the defensive back. That's what gets him open. It's not just it's not the route, it's not the play. It's the kid making a move to get open, and he does that in the red zone. So I felt felt like they lost him here, not having Logan Thomas. And then going back to your point on the run, that last play, they used a tight formation on both sides. It was clear they're going to run some level of some stuff to the middle. Well, the yeah. dropped, they dropped eight on the play. They took that away. The linebacker jams McLaurin as he's going across, and then he ducks back over to make the pick. It was a hell of a play by the kid, but it also, if you have that run – pass ability in that play maybe it's a run so maybe you can't play certain things as aggressive maybe you think McLaurin's coming out to block me so I've got to play differently right so like that's where that that's where the option makes makes a big difference too yeah I agree I mean the offense was a problem today the defense did enough to win frankly um they really did I granted today was I loved this matchup for them. I think I said this to you early in the week. I go, yeah. the reason why I'm concerned, like, I love this matchup for them for a lot of reasons. Like, Washington on the back end, especially a corner, they're having trouble down the field. They're committing really bad penalties. The coverage has been suspect. Well, this team doesn't even attempt passes down the field, so that's the good news. Like, what you really have to deal with is, is play action. Yeah, the one big shot they hit was a crazy broken play that was just a toss-up in the air, and a dude made a crazy adjustment on a play I can live with moments like that this team doesn't even try to do things like this it's all about Derrick Henry and the play action and for Washington like what was going to be incumbent for them was if they could produce any kind of run game and and I know they didn't run the ball very well but Tennessee's got a great run defense they are over aggressive really good yeah very good defensive line their linebackers fire towards these holes this is why you can take advantage of them in the middle of the field or down the field if you get enough time because they bite on run so much and their linebackers can't really cover that you're going to have opportunities that Washington took advantage of some of them but the penalties the mistakes the broken plays too many drives where they're in a second and 22 and things like that just happening over and over just lost possessions the offense lost this game like the defensive line was outstanding yeah they're really really good. outstanding today and honestly the coverage was fine in general hey. albeit they weren't tested like they had been the last few weeks because Tennessee doesn't play that way so I loved this matchup and I was and I loved the opportunity for them to get on the right side of this thing but I did not trust that they were not going to get out of their own way and they didn't and right. they lost you know they came God, they're two yards away from two and three as opposed to one and four. What a Big difference the season feels like. Well, Just, well, two and, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and I'm with you on uh, down on the goal line. I need to watch it again, but it did not appear as if that they stressed Tennessee's defense at all on the two-yard line down there to make them think what's coming and what's going to happen here. There's no rolling out. There's no movement at all. None. And, and, and Tennessee knew they couldn't run the ball or they'd be crazy to try to run the ball down there. So I, I, you know, I think we need to rethink how did they handle that critical situation? It doesn't look like very well collectively. Well, and I would say this, cause I know people will ask about rolling him out and David Aldridge asked Ron Rivera about that after the game. And the explanation was, which, which you get understand, like you roll out, it takes longer to get rid of the ball. You cut down on how many plays you may be able to run. And if you, 
you know, and it also, it also cut a lot of times teams don't like that because it cuts down half the field. So you take away your options where you're going, but I also don't know that, like, I don't know that I would trust him. If you have Tannehill running the ball, who's more athletic at this point, I get it. But I, I think so. Anyway, that's just the explanation for that particular why no rollout in case anybody was wondering about that there. And the defense played well enough again to win a game. And the reason I didn't, you know, it's funny because I agree with you. I thought it was a good matchup. I thought it was a highly winnable game, but I picked Tennessee because I don't trust this team to make the the winning plays at this point. There's no, there's no, we have to see evidence of that. And I also like how I like Rabo as a coach. I think he does a really good job. And knowing what that team overcame last year, it's a team that always finds a way. Yeah, they don't really beat themselves. I mean, here's a couple of things, like for the last couple of weeks. Uh, okay, so we have one turnover in five games. That's not winning football. I I don't know why that's happening, but like, it's not. Like, it's not winning football. In the last couple of weeks, the closest thing they've had to a turnover was a shanked punt in Dallas that gave them the ball at the Dallas 30. They didn't score with that. And then here today, they had another one where they started inside Tennessee territory and got stopped on a fourth down. Like, fourth, couldn't fourth, score. Fourth. Right, couldn't couldn't score. You know, like, that they, yeah, it was big. Like, they had a couple of moments that were felt very game-changing, like Tennessee started at the 50-yard line and a sack by James Smith-Williams took them out of field goal range. There were these moments of the defense that felt game-changing, but, like, the closest thing they've had to a turnover in the last couple of weeks, they can't cash in on it. Well, they, like, they've had penalties that wiped out, too. Um, one of which would have, I think, I think one penalty by St. Juice, the holding the first one against Dallas, had no bearing on the throw. It would have been an interception if he doesn't hold it. He knows it. The second one on William Jackson, I think, influenced the play. So it may have been um, yeah. going that guy. But like today, going this, I know what you're going to say is about the defensive line. I thought they did a really good job. I thought the coverage really helped them early and they gave them the extra split half second to get to Tannehill. So I thought the coverage held up by and large, um, you know, you got four on the screens. Um, You know, I know Tennessee does a great job of getting fooling your eyes on those plays and they really get you to oversell on certain actions. Going back to that fourth and four too, because what I thought, I immediately saw this, like you, you had um, Cole Turner one-on-one to the outside. And my first thought, Oh, he's going to throw the fade to Turner. He's got it. He had, he has a size advantage, a height advantage in that play. Just get it to him. I thought that's where he was going to go, and it wasn't. And, you know, that clearly turned out to be a, a bad sequence there because you had a chance. You should have gotten points out of that drive. You needed to get points out of that drive. And, you know, that was one of the more disappointing ones. Um, so, you know, but you're right. Two and three would about sound a lot better going into Chicago. We have a chance yeah. to come out of that with the 500 record, and maybe you're behind in the division. But you're not that far behind. It feels like it feels like they're far behind, not just because of the record, but just because of how they're playing. And the Giants, you keep looking, it's like, how are they doing it? Well, they do it. And that's what they're, you know, they they don't have great talent, but they're doing it. And they won. Uh yeah. Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony didn't play today. Saquon Barkley went out. Daniel Jones was a question mark to play this week. I don't think anyone looks at their defense and goes, Oh, that's a great defense. Well, they're four and one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, what do you want me to say. I mean, that's what the record is. Dallas hadn't had Dak Prescott in a month. And I don't know what the score is right now against the Rams, but like they won three in a row with him. Like they don't have their left tackle, so you know, like it's hard to hear excuses. Frankly, it really is. You just got to go out and win. Yeah, and I think so. this team this week had every chance to win, 
and they just didn't do it. So, you know, they, they only have th- themselves to blame for it, really. Yeah. The only thing that you can say at this point, I think like Tim McLaurin said it, like, how do you stop the bleeding? He said, you win. And he's you like, win. yeah, there's, yes. he goes, yeah, to, you know, because a lot of teams with new quarterbacks are having their struggles. He's like, yeah, that's, you know, it is a new quarterback, but we're in week five. You know, that's, you have to, that's no longer, you know, it's about how you're playing. It's, you know, you have to go out and do it. And the the only thing like Rivera, his message has to be the only thing that this team can do is go practice hard, work hard, and play yep. hard. And that's, that is, it's that's true. It. Because, and that's it. That's but true. You can't, and like whatever, whatever else is going on, you still have to deal with it because you're one in four and the season is slipping away. This yep. isn't two years ago where there's a bad division. It's not even last year. This is now seemingly a good division and they're getting left behind. So, yeah. they, you know, this is. Uh, it's not where they want to be. I, I really, you know, I know and yeah, and, and the record's bad and it's year three. And so it, it's, it's reasonable to ask a lot of questions about what's going to happen. I think yeah. we're too early to answer that because I don't know how the season's going to play out. You know, and I think everybody could just tell if you listen to this podcast, when I talk about Ron Rivera, I, I really, really like him. I, I really think he's a very good coach. I think he was really the right guy at the right time for this organization. He was so necessary for them. Um, and I really hope this turns around for him. You know, granted, it doesn't absolve him for the way his team is playing. He right. needs to take accountability for that. I think I've been saying this for a few weeks. Like, I need to hear more we out of everybody because I think it's a we thing. Um, but I'm rooting for him because I, I don't think it, it's like lack of acumen or uh, or he's not a good coach. Um, I, I just I feel like, you know. They clearly need to get better, but I'm I'm rooting for him, and I hope it turns on his behalf. And his teams have always gotten better in the second half of the year, but the, the problem, the fear has to be, how far behind are you, and is it going to be enough at the end? Um, fan base is tired, man, and I don't blame them. Yeah. Like, it's been a long ride, and, like, you, I think there are a lot of people who are excited, not because they thought, like, oh, this is a division, this is an NFC champion waiting to happen, but because they were expecting improvement and, you know, you, I mean, with, and we haven't even talked about Carson Wentz. And I think, you know, he had some really good throws. Um, I want to go back and watch it. Um, the last one was a tough throw. You're watching it. And it's like, he threw my only question with him is he's kind of falling back on the throw. If he had just planted and steps in steps in the throw, is it, does it have a chance to get in there? And I, I don't know that it does, but he kind of fades back on it. But he's got such a strong arm. I don't know if it made a difference. Long makes a great play. Um, does a nice job leading him down the field. I mean, he did a nice job in that. He got out of some bad situations with his legs for the first time, really. Yes. So, you know, I, I'm not going to, you can't, I'm not going to pin this one on him. That line was, was not good. And they, they make crucial mistakes at bad times. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I didn't look at it again, but I, I actually thought he, my gut tells me he played actually really well. Yeah. Um, and you know, granted, like yeah, he needed to get two more yards at the end of the game, and he's the one who got picked off. And I, I have a feeling that that Titans player made an incredible play. But he I did. need to, like, I, I need to, yeah, I need to look at it again. That said, um, I thought he played well, and it's not his fault the protection's that bad or the snaps are that low. And I, London said during the broadcast, he was like, he's playing with a lot of poise today. I would agree yeah. with that. Like that, that was a very difficult situation. Like where the protection's breaking down, they're losing blocking four all the time. There were a couple of plays where Andrew Norwell just almost whiffs on people. There was low snap after low snap. Like that's not all on him. I mean, no, it really I isn't. He, and that's the I thing. Like I don't want him job. to get. I don't want him to get all the all the. You know, like I didn't think he played well in Dallas. I think that was a bad game for right. him. Right. I don't. I think he played well today. I need to rewatch it, but I think he played well today. Um, 
gave just, him a chance. He, like, yes, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He played well today, in my opinion. All right, Bram. Well, that's yep. it. I don't think there's much more we can say about this one and about this season so far. And People are disappointed, and they should be. But there's another game Thursday, so <laughs> I guess we will see you on Thursday in Chicago. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you later. All right. See you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back on Tuesday morning with former Washington State team Matt Bone. We're going to take a look at this defense, talk a little bit about the Bears. I know it's not the matchup you wanted. It's not the matchup the nation wanted, but it's the one we're getting, so we'll still talk about what could happen in that game. But again, I'll be talking some big picture stuff with Matt Bowen. Hopefully you'll learn something you, you always should when you listen to Matt. Anyway, I'll talk to you next time.